0: Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your host, I'm Courtney, and I'm Rose. This week we're going to be recapping the 2010 movie Leap Years, starring Matthew Good, Adam Scott, and Amy Adams. Amy
1: Adams is one of those people that I feel like they have stepped out of a time vortex. Mm. Like she she looks like she belongs in a different era. There's something so like ethereal about redheads. Like Is that racist? <laughs> Is that is it? It's almost something like don't trust them. They came from a different time. Mm. They know magic.
0: OK, we're back on the ginger slander. We're, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never mean to slander gingers. OK, everything I say is with
0: the utmost respect. We don't mean to slander gingers because we fear them.
1: We fear them, but I am also in awe of them. Yeah, fair. You know what? Let's just do it. Let's just start a new conspiracy theory that Amy Adams is... A time traveler. She's a time traveler. She belongs... I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. In every movie, her hair is styled the same way with like those gentle waves from like the 20s, you know?
0: Is it a wig though? I don't think it's a wig, but I want to believe it's a wig because nobody should have hair that perfect.
1: Well, I mean, if you want to add layers to our conspiracy theory, you're more than welcome to. Layers are welcome. Okay, it's a wig. (laughs) Do you know what? It's these little details that make conspiracy theories believable. Yeah, she also has a wooden leg.
0: It's not even her real face. It's, it's, nice. it's, it's a mask. <laughs> is this going back to the Uncanny Valley theory, to where she looks like yeah. she shouldn't be human? Right, right, right. There is something a little CGI about Amy Adams. Yes, but it's in a more delicate way. But yeah, so in this movie,
1: Amy Adams plays a real estate stager. Yes. Named
0: Anna. Named Anna. Essentially, she goes in to empty apartments or houses that are on the market and not selling well. And she makes them look like they came out of a pottery barn catalog. Mm -hmm. So people walk in and they see all of their dreams come true. Mm -hmm. Then they buy the house and then she takes all that stuff away. Yeah. So they have to put their own shitty furniture in it. Right, right. Yeah.
1: Anna's been in a relationship for four years now to a man who she kind of just describes as a cardiologist because I think that's all he has going for him.
0: (laughs) There is nothing special about this dude.
1: If you're a cardiologist, do you need anything else special? Like they get to hold a human heart. They say that those are the most like egotistical
0: kind of surgeons. See, I'll tell you cardiologists are egotistical, but the most frat boy bro club kind of specialty is orthopedic surgery.
1: Mm, I believe that you're breaking bones.
0: you know, if you ever get a chance, I want you to watch how they do a knee replacement because they literally have to hammer it into place.
1: I know. I mean, just from what I've seen on Grey's Anatomy, it looks very aggressive. It looks like it's good for people with like anger issues.
0: Which is why it's predominantly men.
1: You know, I feel like we should do some early intervention with young sociopaths and be like, listen, you want to cut people open and hammer them to death. Why don't yeah. you get into orthopedic surgery instead?
0: Mm-hmm. (laughs) Can you hold a human heart without squashing it? Yes. Like a grape. Right. If so, cardiology might be right for you. Yes. So it kind of seems like
1: Anna, she has everything she wants, I guess, right? Because she has... The successful career, the successful boyfriend. Also in the beginning of the movie, they are like interviewing to get into this fancy apartment. I don't understand why
0: you need an interview. I guess they want to make sure that like everybody gets along in the building. But Mm -hmm. it's a very like uppity, exclusive Mm -hmm. apartment complex. So Anna is at like a dress store and her friend runs in and is like, oh, my God guess who I saw at this fancy jewelry store? Fucking Jeremy. The friend basically says, like, there's only one reason men go to that store. You know what's going to happen.
1: I feel like expectations are the root of unhappiness. And that is a quote of a wise person that I'm now going to pretend is mine. Do you know people do that? They like steal quotes and then they put like dash their name.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like,
1: this is all me. I just thought of that because I'm so wise. But um, I don't understand why a proposal has to be such a surprise. Shouldn't that be
0: something you've talked about? Especially if you guys are already living together.
1: Didn't your mama teach you you can't go around giving away the cow titties for free?
0: I don't think that's how the quote goes, but yes, I understand (laughs) what page we're on.
1: Dash Rose.
0: (laughs) we're just gonna go ahead and ignore these blatant red flags in their relationship well
1: other than that they seem to have like a normal relationship except that he is constantly on his phone getting like disgusting pictures of surgery and showing them to her at dinner
0: yeah also like as a patient like don't go showing my aorta to people at dinner
1: listen my arteries are my business
0: i'm not getting paid for this okay (laughs) like
1: for free for free? Right. Oh my gosh. Imagine you start like an OnlyFans, just like showing the inside of your body. I mean, not like that, but never yeah. mind. Yeah. Never mind. So Anna and her boyfriend Jeremy are at this romantic dinner. He's telling her how he's going to Ireland for business, but he wants yes. to tell her how much he appreciates her in between checking his phone for work.
0: Yeah. And so he pulls out the jewelry box and she's like, oh my God. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And he opens it and you see this huge diamond. And then he opens the box the rest of the way and you see two diamonds because they're earrings.
1: Yeah. And I think under any other circumstances, it would be like, wow, amazing. Like these huge diamond earrings. And they're beautiful. I think diamond earrings are kind of like my only preference for wearing diamonds.
0: Anna is obviously disappointed because... She was expecting a ring and she got earrings. And then she thinks back to when she had drinks with her dad earlier in the day. And he tells, he reminds her of the story of her grandmother who took part in this old Irish tradition where on leap day, every four years on the 29th of February, women would propose to their boyfriends. So Anna is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to Dublin mm-hmm. where his cardiology conference is. I'm going to propose to him. Yes.
1: Uh, you know what? You shouldn't be cornering people into marrying you. It should be a conversation like, yes, we are getting married in the next like, yeah. year or so. The proposal can be a surprise, but the, the yeah. actual marriage you can't spring marriage as a surprise.
0: It, you know what? If you've had discussions before and like, you know, they're down for it right. by all means. Make yeah. it a surprise, but like it doesn't feel like they've had that talk.
1: Yeah, right. So Anna seems to like clear her schedule, get immediately on a flight to Ireland. And yes. it starts off bumpy, literally, because there's yes. extreme turbulence. It gets to the point where like the masks fall from the overhead compartment. Um, girl, it reminds me of a time that my mom and sister came to visit me in California. And they Uh were telling me how there was like a bunch of turbulence on their plane. They they told me like we thought we were going to die and everyone was screaming. And I said, "Wait, was everyone screaming or were you guys screaming?" And then she paused. Like same thing. It was. She paused and she was like, "Oh, it was just us. We were screaming."
0: I'm just imagining these two hysterical Hispanic women screaming on a plane.
1: Yeah, just, you know, adding to the stereotype of hysterical Hispanic women. Like, thanks.
0: Thanks, mom. Honestly, like if the oxygen mask fell out of the plane when I was on it, I'd probably lose my shit a little bit.
1: Because of the extreme turbulence, Anna's flight gets rerouted somewhere else. So instead of going to Dublin where she wants to go, it goes to this yeah. other place. Where does it go? Wales. The flight gets rerouted to Wales. Anna is like frantic at the airport trying to explain to the women behind the desk how she needs to get to to Dublin because she's on a timeline. Like she needs to get there in time to propose. On the leap day, it's hilarious to me how little the people that work there care about her sob story because you can imagine they hear like a dozen sob stories a day. For sure. And it's like they should only hire sociopaths to like run the airport.
0: I get what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying. (laughs) But can we talk about Anna's entitlement where she doesn't seem to understand that like the airport in Dublin is closed Absolutely. I mean, she definitely is strutting through with all this, like, audacity. She's like, listen, I'm going to Dublin to propose to my boyfriend on leap day, which is in three days. And you know what? I I need to get to Dublin. So can you guys figure it out? (laughs) And these... Ticketing agents are just like, oh, yeah, let's call up Dublin International and tell them they have to open a runway for this lady in particular. Right. Like, (laughs) screw the weather. Right. You know, and the pilot that may die. Right. Let's get you to Dublin. She is definitely super
1: entitled. She ends up driving to what I think is a bus station or something or a train station. There are no tickets. So she has to take a ferry bus.
0: Yeah, she has to take a ferry and she ends up at this bar slash hotel slash restaurant.
1: Right, right. It's all the things. It's what every bar should be.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can eat, you can drink, you can sleep.
1: Right. You don't have to go home. No, you could live there. (laughs) Live there.
0: Yes. It's full of
1: drunk old Irishmen, which I feel would be my favorite people on earth. They just seem hilarious. Anna tells these men that she's trying to get to Dublin, and the
0: bartender's like, oh, here you go. I'll give you the number to the taxi driver. But her phone dies. So she goes over to like the landline, and she calls. And she's like, hey, I need to get to Dublin. The person on the cab line is kind of snippy. And he's like, no, I don't drive entitled redheads. Mm. And she's like, excuse me? And then the bar owner comes out from the back having a grand old time and laughing. The bartender is
1: also the taxi driver and also the owner of the bar slash hotel slash restaurant. Yes. Also, side note, he is Really cute. He has that messy, dark hair. Mm -hmm. He has that effortlessly shaggy beard. Yes. Like just grown in scruff. And uh, I'm here for it. Also the Irish accent, which honestly, I feel like you could look like a toe. And if you have an Irish accent, that bumps you up like five points. Absolutely.
0: Listen, I'm here for it. This is what I want.
1: (laughs) And I mean, you're right. She is so entitled and she's just kind of huffing and puffing around and throwing a fit. Mm -hmm. The thing that I thought about after the fact is like she doesn't seem concerned for her safety at all. She's a woman traveling by herself and just kind of demanding things and bossing people
0: around. If I'm in a country that's foreign to me and I don't know anybody and I'm stranded, you better bet I'm going to be on my best polite behavior. Right. <laughs> yes. Like be
1: nice. So keep in mind, it's storming outside, right? This is why the airports uh-huh. are closed. There's no flights and she wants this bartender guy to drive her at night through the storm to Dublin and no. he says no like I can't I'm,
0: you know I'm not gonna die yeah well and she's like offended that he doesn't jump immediately to what she wants
1: <laughs> I wrote I love the hustle I just love the hustle that the bartender doesn't just work there he's the owner and that he's like running three businesses simultaneously in the same building and he's somehow doing it with the worst customer service ever because he's like a jerk to like his new customer
0: yeah so she kind of concedes to the point that she is stranded for the night at least she gets a room at Declan. He's the bartender, business owner, restaurant, chef, hotel keeper. <laughs> um, she gets a room at Declan's place. She immediately tries to plug in her phone. Her phone is dead. She
1: proceeds to tear this room apart trying to plug in her cell phone because it's a small room and mm-hmm. the bed is covering the outlets and she's shoving the bed out of the way, which knocks over an armoire. And she, it's like, she has no shame. She doesn't care that she's making no. all this noise
0: she's just tearing this entire room apart to plug in her phone, but she doesn't have an adapter. She plugs it in and the power goes out, not just in the
1: bar slash restaurant slash hotel in the whole town. Yes. If the next scene was a bunch of people coming after her with pitchforks and torches, I would understand. Then she has the audacity to tell Declan, you fried my phone. Oh, my God. She is really she's in the running for the most annoying character I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, lady, you need to calm the fuck down yeah okay this is not a my phone thing yeah
1: she's completely unapologetic too she does not apologize for anything no which on one end i'm like okay boss bitch that doesn't apologize but on the other end i'm like i'm programmed to apologize for every minor inconvenience like i apologize for existing so
0: (laughs) yeah it's just like i'm so sorry i breathe too loud (laughs) i will never do it again i'll stop breathing yeah, I don't even need
1: a bed. I can sleep in the bathtub. Like, it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah I don't yeah. need food. I don't need food. It's fine. I'll just chew on my sweater, the little cord on my hoodie. I'm, I'm good.
0: Yeah, like, you know what? This is fine. I'm fine, you're fine. I'm so sorry. So, you know, this
1: is what you would want your daughter to be, right? Like you would want your daughter to walk through the world with this audacity to demand the best and to demand respect, to demand Yes. Like in theory it's like, "Wow, you know, boss, bitch." In practice? No. <laughs> you are rude. <laughs> yeah. In in practice it does not work. The next day, Declan the bartender is going to drive Anna mm-hmm. to Dublin or thereabouts. And he kind of negotiates with her how much money she needs to pay him for him to drive her.
0: They agree on $500. 500
1: euros, which, by the way, as Anna's like walking to Declan's car, which, by the way, she immediately complains about his car because it's like this rundown little... It's not
0: fancy enough for her.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, it doesn't look like it's going to get very far. As she's walking to the car, a black cat crosses her path And there's a bunch of old men from the town and they're all like, "Ooh, you should not go on a journey when a black cat crosses your path.
0: Yeah. And she's she's had it. She's like, you know what? I'm going get in the car, Declan.
1: Courtney, if a bunch of
0: old Irish men told me not to get in the car
1: because a black cat crossed my path, I'm not getting in the car. I would still get in the car. You
0: would still get in the car? No, I say that I probably wouldn't, especially if they're like old men from the area. Like, listen, I don't know what kind of Juju is here. Do I want to take a chance with Juju I am unfamiliar with? I don't think so.
1: That is unfamiliar Juju. You do not want to mess with unfamiliar Juju. Absolutely not. No. But she goes on that ride. I kind of have a note where I was like, she has yet to ask the guy his name. Like she doesn't ask his name.
0: She doesn't care. He's a taxi driver. She is so self-absorbed. So, you know, Declan is sort of just curious, generally curious, why this American is so intent on getting to Dublin as quick as possible. She's like, I'm going to propose to my boyfriend and I need to get there before the shops close. And he starts laughing at her. He's like, you're going to propose to your boyfriend? She's like, yeah, it's like a cute old tradition. And he's like, no, it's a day for desperate women to trap their boyfriends into marrying them.
1: They get into this huge argument and she Uh storms out of the car. They can't keep going anyway because the road is like blocked by cows.
0: Anna's very concerned and she's like excuse me Irish person who lives here get the cows out of the way and he's Mm -hmm. like they'll move when they move.
1: In Minecraft you would just hold out some hay and the cows would chase you so you could just like move the cows that way.
0: Don't you have a basement full of Minecraft villagers that you force to reproduce?
1: It wasn't a basement. It was actually above ground. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And I only kept them there to keep them safe until I built the rest of their village. Okay. But yes, so Anna, uh, not having any hay available, she just kind of like shoes the cows away. And it works. Like the cows start moving. She ends up stepping in a huge pile of cow shit. And then she has to lean on the car to like clean Uh off her expensive shoes And the car just goes careening backwards down the hill. Ah, Jesus Christ. I mean, can we just like recap all the crap that's happened thus far? This is a lot. This is like one too many inconveniences. It's because of the black cat. She was warned. I'm all for blaming cats for things. But I mean, her misfortune started before the cat. What I'm saying is that. She is kind of like persisting despite all of these misfortunes that are happening to her. And I feel like only someone with exactly zero childhood trauma would be this persistent because the smallest
0: inconvenience is enough for me to like give up on life. Honestly, after the mask in the plane came out, I probably would have just huddled up at the airport and cried until I could have went home. (laughs) Yeah. Like, are
1: you kidding me? She didn't have one crying
0: session. Like, I don't know. So, after the car goes into a pond, Anna and Declan walk to the train station. She buys a ticket to Dublin. It's supposed to leave in two hours and 43 minutes. And her plan is to just sit on the bench and wait because Anna's like, I'm not missing this train. I will sit here and wait.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I totally get her wanting to sit there, but there's like a castle off in the distance on top of a hill. And Declan tells her it's a 15 minute walk up. You know, let's just go check that out. And at first she doesn't want to, but then she like agrees. So... Declan takes her to this castle. It's actually the ruins of a castle. It's not really mm-hmm. standing anymore. There's just walls and like and a tower. He takes her to the top of the tower and he tells her the story of this castle, which is kind of a story of love or whatever. She looks at him and she's like, you're hitting on me.
0: Yeah, and he's like, what? Are me? you crazy? Hitting on the sexy redhead?
1: No. Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> you know, they're at the top of this hill and then she sees the train coming. I mean, how the hell did it come so
1: fast? I thought she had two hours.
0: Right? That's crazy. Almost three hours. She had two hours and 43 minutes. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what she did? You know what she did? She, huh. she over-dicked around. Yeah. Do you know when you yeah. have so much time that you think you have time to dick around and then you overdick around and then you're late? That's what happened. It's classic over-dicking around. Anna is rushing down the hill, trying to get back to the train station. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like you don't need to know the formula. You remember that test question of like, the train is this many yards away. Anna Mm -hmm. is up on the hill. Like how much, you know, I don't think you need to know that equation to realize that she's not going to make it.
0: Yeah. Well, she does speed her time up a little bit by going ass over elbows and falling down like the last (laughs) quarter of the hill.
1: Yes. She just kind of slides down this muddy hill. Because it's raining now. It starts pouring rain. Yeah, She misses the train by seconds.
0: Is this maybe not the universe telling you that like this is a bad idea?
1: I know. Like at what point do you read the room and say, okay, there is some force physically trying to stop me from doing this.
0: I feel like at this point in her journey, she's really at the sunk time fallacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, To where she's like, I have to finish it because I started it.
1: She's like, I've been through too much to give up now. Yeah. And I say it's never too late to give up.
0: No. Girl... (laughs) Listen, throw in that towel, find a nice hotel, get drunk, and then go home. You're fine.
1: Do you know motivational posters were like a big thing Mm -hmm. like in the early 2000s? When I was in high school, I found this website that was like unmotivational posters. They looked like motivational posters, but what it actually said was supposed to like unmotivate you. And Uh I loved them so much. that I think that's what we're doing right now. We're an unmotivational podcast. Honestly, sometimes it's not about giving up. Sometimes it's about taking a step back and analyzing the situation situation because uh-huh. I think if she would have taken a step back and analyzed the situation she would have come to the realization that she doesn't have to rush to Ireland she doesn't have to propose on
0: the leap day like uh-huh. it's okay if she would have just stayed at the airport she probably would have been on a plane to Dublin by now true like <laughs>
1: She was overthinking it. This is what happens when yeah. you overthink it. So the train station guy, he's like, I'm sorry you missed the train. I think there's not another one that day, right?
0: No, there's not.
1: So he offers to take them to a bed and breakfast that his him and his wife run. Yeah.
0: So the wife was like, you know, we only have two rooms. One's already taken. You're in luck. A pair of backpackers came in earlier, but they were unmarried. So I sent them on their way. Right.
1: So now Anna and Declan have to pretend that they're married so that they can. Stay mm-hmm. at this end Because they have nowhere else to stay So of course we have the one bad dilemma
0: Essentially they're like Okay listen we're going to flip a coin for it and Declan wins the coin toss. Anna goes and takes a shower. But the shower is directly in front of the bed. There's no door. There's only mm-hmm. a curtain. And he can see directly through that.
1: I'm actually surprised Anna didn't walk in on Declan's spare butt. Because we know how much Hollywood thinks spare butts heat up a scene.
0: Mm-hmm. Anna also found out that Declan lied and used a double-sided tails coin. Yeah, yeah. So he was always going to win.
1: <laughs> so Anna takes a bed and Declan... Sleeps in the shower. So the next day, Declan offers to cook at the Airbnb. At the I almost said Airbnb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at the um, bed and breakfast, you know what? This inn owner is just so excited that she's not cooking dinner that night. Right? She is all of us tired moms. And so Declan, who is a chef. He makes chicken stew. And we get this little montage of Mm -hmm. Declan and Anna cooking together. It's giving first date. It is. It's giving. He wants to impress you by showing off his culinary skills. Mm -hmm.
1: He's going to make some spaghetti and meat sauce, girl.
0: He is going to wow you. (laughs) Um, I mean, he did wow her in the garden by killing a chicken right in front of her.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't like to see that. <laughs>
0: yeah, and he's like, where did you think chickens came from? And she's like, the frozen food section. <laughs>
1: I know, I don't want to see it. Because once I see it, you know, I've named it and I've hugged it. And
0: I don't want to eat it anymore. I don't want to eat any of my chickens.
1: Yeah, they're sweetie pies. But the chickens in the grocery store, num, num, num. No,
0: they're not. <laughs> they're terrible. You have to wear sneakers or else they'll peck your feet.
1: Yeah. Declan makes a comment to Anna about how she's such a control freak and he's like stop uh-huh. trying to control everything like it's going to be okay And Anna just, Mm -hmm. she does this thing that I wish everybody did. She just trauma dumps all over him.
0: She's like, well, you know what? When I'm not in control, our house gets repossessed on Christmas Eve. So
1: yeah, because my dad was constantly pouring all of our money into every new scheme that that popped up. Mm -hmm. And he would always say, just trust me, it's going to work out. And then we lost everything. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my
0: God, she's a little broken. I love it. And you know what, I feel like if people trauma dumped immediately into like new friendships or relationships, one, you just know what you're working with, you know, Mm -hmm. and two, things make a little bit more sense instead of being like, why are you such a control freak?
1: I've only had one person in my life trauma dump on me. And it was like a good hour and a half of her like giving
0: like telling me everything. It's because you just have such a welcoming face. Mm. You look so approachable.
1: It's my eyebrows, man. I keep saying I got to shave off my eyebrows. Like, you don't you don't talk to a bitch without eyebrows. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> like, that's that's juju you don't mess with.
1: Right. She ain't got no eyebrows. She ain't got no. No she,
0: eyebrows, no emotions. No
1: eyebrows, no emotions, no self-control. She does not she care about shit. She doesn't care about societal norms. She doesn't care about stabbing you in the throat. So that night. Declan, Anna, the owners of the inn, and their other guests, they're all having dinner. And so, uh-huh. you know, when you look at it, it looks like a triple date, it looks like three couples.
0: And they're supposed to be three couples, you know? Yeah, because
1: Anna and Declan are pretending to be married. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the owner, the train station employee and co-owner of the B&B. I love the the hustle.
1: You know, like these people have like multiple businesses. You know, they like open up their, their cabinets and there's like MLM products in there.
0: <laughs> if you like our oils, please check out Young Living. Yeah. <laughs> um, the old man owner kisses his wife and he says, you always kiss your wife like it's the last time. Mm-hmm. So then the Italian couple turns to each other and just start making out, full blown making out.
1: Dude, this is so uncomfortable. Uh, why are we doing this in front of people? It just honestly, it just kind of seemed like the
0: prelude to an orgy. They, <laughs> The B&B owner couple was just feeling out the rest of their guests to see yeah. if <laughs> their pineapples are right side up or upside down. Right, you know? right,
1: right. Everyone kind of turns to Declan and Anna, and they're like, okay, like you guys go. And I don't know, I felt icky about this. It's so
0: much pressure, it's just yeah. uncomfortable.
1: And so these old couples are pressuring Anna and Declan Mm -hmm. to kiss.
0: So he kisses her on the cheek and then they're like, no, kiss your wife now. We want to see tongue. (laughs) Yeah. Lips on lips on tongues now. Oh, God. And so Declan does. He goes in and he kisses her. And then at first she's kind of like, uh, no. And then she gets into it.
1: I mean, there is very little hesitation. She, because his hands are on her face. He is all in. She is all in. They make out for several seconds. And then Mm -hmm. when they pull apart, Anna's face is rocked. Like her world was just rocked. Digmatized. She was straight digmatized.
0: That night, they actually, um, they sleep in the bed together.
1: Because he's like, hey, I don't, the the shower is wet. Can I just sleep in the bed? Listen, the beds in these movies are always like twin or full-size beds. I sleep like a starfish. I don't understand how like these grown people sleep in such tiny beds. I sleep like curled up on one side. Really? Like a little shrimp. Yeah. (laughs) You're trying to disappear. (laughs) I feel like I need a limb touching every corner of the bed. To feel safe. I don't know what that's about.
0: So is your husband curled up like a little shrimp? Yes. On one side of the bed? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So, you know, they
1: do the kind of stranger bed thing where they're kind of like they have this invisible barrier between them. But Uh when they wake up, he's practically spooning her.
0: you know what? Shit like that happens when you're in bed. You don't control what you do when you sleep. No,
1: I don't know about that. I don't think I'm spooning anyone in my sleep. I don't think so. I don't
0: know. Like, I I can see it.
1: Okay, remind me not to share bed with you. (laughs)
0: Listen, I'm not going to roll over and spoon you. I slept with Sarah in the same bed this weekend, and I didn't spoon her. Okay. I caught myself, but... Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad. That would have been awkward. That would have been really awkward.
1: So the next morning... Anna calls her boyfriend, Jeremy, who, uh-huh. by the way, let us just remember everything Anna has been through to try to get to Jeremy. And he's making zero effort to help her in any
0: way. None. He's like, bitch, just sounds like your adventure.
1: <laughs> he's like, it sounds like you're on an adventure, honey. I gotta go. Declan sees Anna on the phone with Jeremy and you could see he's mm. starting to get a little jealous.
0: Yeah, and he's just like, I thought we had a moment and she's still calling her boyfriend. Like, what right. the hell? we kind
1: of cuddled in our sleep. What is her deal? What a whore. Yeah, we kissed. Like we were coerced, but you know.
0: Yeah, it's Sunday and Anna asks the guy, she's like, what time do the trains run today? He's like, oh, it's Sunday. They uh, they don't. Right. She's like, excuse me? <laughs> and then she asks if he has a car. And he goes, yeah, I have a car. And she's like, can you take me to Dublin? And he's like, no. He's like, actually, I can't because my wife took the car. And she's like, where did she take it to? And he goes, oh, to Mass. And she's like, where is that? He's like, oh, it's in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: communication, kids, is very important because had Anna communicated that she needed to go to Dublin, the wife could have dropped her off, but she never communicated this because this is the other thing about people who are entitled is that they think other people need to cater to them without them having to explicitly ask for it. Mm. Entitled people never ask for what they need. They just expect people to provide it. Yeah. So Anna decides that she, I mean, she has to make it to Dublin one way or another because Mm -hmm. leap day is tomorrow, so she has to get there. So she just goes off, like, walking. Declan goes after her, and they get stuck in a hailstorm. And they run yeah. into the nearest building to escape the hailstorm and mm-hmm. crash into the middle of a wedding ceremony.
0: You know, it's towards the end of the ceremony and then they just stay for the reception. Yeah. And it seems like
1: the bride is cool with it. Like these are strangers that literally mm-hmm. interrupted your ceremony right at the part where the where the priest is like, does anyone object? And I don't know, maybe that's a sign. I'd be like, hey, can we call like a five minute break? <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta huddle up with my with my bridesmaids for a second.
0: Yeah, I need to get the, the committee involved. So they stay for the reception. And Anna is dancing with this guy at the reception. And he picks her up and swings her. Mm-hmm. And Her shoe flies off and hits the bride straight in the forehead.
1: It leaves probably like a quarter inch indentation on this bride's forehead.
0: It literally looks like somebody branded her in the middle of the forehead.
1: I've never seen a bride this chill about anything in my life. She's literally yeah. like, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it, stranger, who just crashed my wedding and nearly knocked yeah. me out.
0: And then Anna spells red wine all over the bride's dress. Right.
1: Just to add insult to injury. Do you know what I was thinking at this point? Is huh. the fact that obviously Anna has really, really, really bad luck. And Mm -hmm. I think that if you have such bad luck, you need to keep that shit to yourself. You can't go around spreading your bad luck, like ruining everyone's day, which is what she's doing. She's going around like making everyone else's life miserable with her bad luck. Do not be a menace
0: to society.
1: Okay, You You need to quarantine. If you find yourself having a spell of bad luck, you need to quarantine yourself.
0: For like everybody's safety. Yeah. So Anna does what we all would do. And she goes and sits on a beach and gets drunk. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Declan comes to find her. Anna tells him, you act like a grouch, but I know you're really just a lion with a a thorn in his paw. Declan has that like shadow flicker past his eye because he does have his own little sad story.
0: Yeah. um, He was engaged before. Mm -hmm. And she actually ended up leaving him for another man who was also his friend.
1: Anna and Declan are standing on this moonlit beach. And for a second, you think they're going to kiss because she's like swaying closer and closer to his mm-hmm. face.
0: Yeah. And she does the unthinkable and pukes on his shoes. Yeah. She just throws up on him. Um, Unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable.
1: Immediately, no, take the whole girl and put her in the trash. I can't. If someone threw up on me, I mean, my kids have thrown up on me, but
0: I don't think I would forgive anyone else. Dude, my kids have thrown up on me and I still haven't forgiven them fully for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just a little part of you that just feels like, really? You couldn't turn your head like a fraction of an inch? Like, really? Like, it just feels personal, Mm -mm.
0: you know? Yeah. And you know what? Has he been kind of a jerk? Yes. But did he deserve to be puked on? No.
1: I mean, he hasn't been any more of a jerk than she has been an entitled... Brat. No, that's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah. So the next morning they wake up on a bus bench. She's like using his lap as a pillow. Mm
1: -hmm. When he wakes up, all he sees is a bus driving off and Anna Mm -hmm. is gone. So he's like, oh, she just she left me.
0: Yeah, she just dipped.
1: Right. But we see Anna coming out of a nearby coffee shop with two coffees in her hands and she's coming up Mm -hmm. from behind him. But she sees how disappointed he is that she left. And I think that gets to her seeing how much he like wanted her
0: there. She goes up to him and she obviously has coffee. She gives him a bus ticket and he's like, oh, I'm coming with you. Mm hmm. And she's like, I'm paying you to get me to Dublin. Like Right. This isn't Dublin, bro. We're not it's not yeah. over till it's over. They
1: get on the next bus, she falls asleep on his shoulder. I mean, they're not strangers anymore, dude. They're very close at this point.
0: Yeah, they're like best friends. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: okay. <laughs> best friends don't wanna bump ugly, so I object. They get to Dublin and uh-huh. they walk to the hotel where Anna's boyfriend, Jeremy, is staying. And it's time for her and Declan to say goodbye. Like, she is going to pay him and he's going to leave.
0: She tries to give him the money and he's like, no, no. And then she's like, no, like, it was, we had an agreement, take the money. Yeah. And they're, again, very close to each other. And then who pops in? Fucking Jeremy. Yeah, like a freaking
1: mercat. Jeremy just pops out from the hallway in the hotel. And he's like, oh, Anna. And I'm like, you know what? Save it. You were not concerned about your girlfriend this whole time. It's been several days that she has been stranded in several towns Mm -hmm. in Ireland and you have not offered once to like drive down there and get her.
0: Or even been like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to find a driver to come and pick you up. Just stay where you are. No, nothing. He's like, see you when you see you, babe. Right. Sucks to suck. Uh, Massive red flag. So
1: yeah, so Jeremy seems completely unbothered and completely unconcerned with the fact that his girlfriend of four years is walking up with Mm -hmm. this really handsome Irish man. He's just like, oh, hey. Bro, you're on your way out. Okay, deuces. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then Jeremy was just like, hey, you know what I've been thinking about? Why aren't we married? Mm -hmm. And then he drops down to one knee in the middle of a hotel lobby. And was just like, will you marry me?
1: Anna hesitates. She looks over to where Declan was standing, but he's gone.
0: So Anna accepted his proposal. And you feel like this is, you know, kind of the end. Like she got what she wanted. And she didn't even have to do the proposing. He did it for her.
1: Right. So Anna and her new fiance, Jeremy, they go back home. Declan mm-hmm. goes back to... um. A bar and he actually Declan runs into his ex. So mm-hmm. we don't know what happens there, but for a minute I think like, oh, like did they get back together? Cause it just kind of cuts back to Anna. Yeah.
0: Well, I think he, he runs into his ex and he kind of gets some closure that he was looking for.
1: Right. Cause that's how real life works. Not kids, don't believe movies. You will never <sighs> get closure. <laughs> Absolutely <ever>. never.
0: <laughs> it jumps back to Anna and Jeremy. They're having like a little engagement party. They are.
1: Yeah, they're hanging out with their friends in their fabulous new apartments that they're Uh so excited that they got in this fancy apartment building. And Jeremy is talking about how the people at the apartment building were very, very strict about who moves in.
0: He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, the apartment and the proposal were kind of like a package deal, which Anna didn't know.
1: Right. Anna's like, what? And Jeremy is completely unaware that this is kind of hitting the wrong way for Anna. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to explain to his friends like, oh, yeah. So, um, you know, we had applied for the apartment and then I got a call when I was in Ireland. They were saying that the residents in the apartment building mm-hmm. are really old fashioned and that they wouldn't want an unmarried couple living, to- living here together. They were kind of insinuating mm-hmm. that.
0: Yeah. And so he had told the apartment people that they were days away from getting engaged. Anna's face. She's heartbroken about it. Mm -hmm. And
1: to a certain extent, I understand. But to a certain extent, I don't. Because if your ultimate wish was to marry this man... And he legitimately wants to marry you. I mean, he said it was, uh-huh. he just seems like a very practical guy where he was like, oh, we were going to get engaged anyway at some point. Might as well do it now. Uh-huh. And it is a little cold hearted to be like, yeah, let's get engaged so we can get this apartment. But at the end of the day, he wants to marry her.
0: I feel like Anna just. I don't know. She got what she wanted, but I think she realized she didn't actually want it. Right. And so she pulls the fire alarm during her own engagement party. She does.
1: The fire alarm is going off. Everyone is kind of like, oh, I guess we have to evacuate. And she's in a daze because she is thinking back to her time with Declan and how Declan once asked her, if your house was on fire and you could only grab one thing, what would it be?
0: Yeah, and she looks around her apartment, and she doesn't want to grab anything.
1: She realizes that there's nothing that she wants to grab. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. her fiance is in the next room grabbing all the computers, all the cell phones. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, he is like, I need to make sure that I post this yeah. proposal, you know, Facebook post.
1: You know, the cloud is a thing, but I guess not in 2010. But it's like the cloud nowadays, you don't need any of your physical devices. Everything's backed up, you know?
0: All of my files are saved on my physical computer.
1: Courtney, you are, I've told you this before. you are, You're gambling with fire. You are one black cat crossing your path away from losing everything.
0: Well, see, I own a black cat, so I feel like that doesn't apply to me.
1: So I'm not sure how much time has passed, but I think maybe a month or two, a couple months have passed. And we see Declan in Ireland in his bar slash restaurant slash hotel. He's killing it. He is killing it. It it is. It has expanded. It is full Mm -hmm. of people. Super popular. He's in a kitchen Mm -hmm. with a bunch of different chefs directing everything.
0: Somebody, one of his workers brings in a plate and was like, hey, they said this chicken is dry. And Declan tasted it and was like, fuck no, it's not dry. So he Gordon Ramsey's it and goes (laughs) out into the dining room. And he's like, which one of you fuckheads said my chicken was dry?
1: (laughs) He was about to throw down for his chicken. Okay, so, yeah, he goes out there and he's trying to find the person that said his chicken was dry. And it's actually
0: Anna. She's sitting in his restaurant. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that was me. I said it was dry. First thing he says is Jeremy with you. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, Jeremy and I are like done. You know, I was I was wondering, does Jeremy know this? Because
1: it just seemed like she just walked out of their apartment. Yeah, like she just left. (laughs) Like, bitch, you signed a lease. Like, I don't know if you (laughs) know what leases are, but you can't just walk away.
0: She's like was standing in my apartment and realized that I was surrounded by things that I liked, but nothing that I wanted. She's like, I would like to not make plans with you. I would like to just see where this goes with us.
1: Yeah, she asks him, she says, do you want to not make plans with me? Keep in mind, this is in the middle of a super crowded restaurant. I don't understand doing these big displays of Mm -hmm. romance in front of people.
0: Well, he turns around and just walks away.
1: She is so embarrassed. So she finds the nearest cliffside. To go contemplate jumping and off. And at first, of.
0: I'm like, "Girl, don't jump! Don't jump! <laughs> don't
1: do it! Don't do it!" Uh, he meets her out there, and he's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you know, where are you going? Where'd you go?" And she's like, "You said no."
0: He goes, "No, I didn't. I had to go grab something." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "At that t- at that specific time, is when you're like, I need to go grab this."
1: He's a little socially strange. I have a couple
0: follow up questions about about um, Declan. Definitely. And he's like, but no, he's like, I don't wanna not make plans with you. I wanna make plans with you.
1: He pulls out his mother's ring, which is kind of a Mm -hmm. traditional-
0: It's a clatter ring. So it's, I used to have one. It's two hands holding a heart with a crown on top of it.
1: Yeah, and uh, so traditionally you give it to the person you love. And Mm -hmm. he had mentioned that if his house was on fire, that is what he would grab. However, his ex had it, which side note, I think it's messed up to keep a family heirloom when you call Mm -hmm. off an engagement, like give it back. You know what I mean? You know what? I wonder if he called his ex to meet up
0: because he wanted his ring back.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think he's like, listen, enough is enough. I'm tired of being taken advantage of
0: <laughs> by women. Yes. And he's like, I don't want to not make plans with you. I want to make plans with you. And then he asked if she would marry him.
1: He gets down on one knee. Yeah. And actually proposes marriage. And I'm OK. Um, She says yes. And they start making out, and all I keep thinking is that they are, like, one little stumble away from tumbling down a cliffside.
0: Like, you don't even know how he brushes his teeth. You don't know if he has, like, a gambling addiction. Honey, you know nothing about—you don't even know his middle name.
1: We are, we are made to believe that this couple, you know— lives happily ever after because the next shot we see is of them driving off in his you know worn down car that was once inside of a lake and they're bickering and i just wanted to make a note that hollywood likes to portray couples that bicker as like cute and almost like couple goals but have you ever been around a couple that bickers all the time it
0: is exhausting
1: It is exhausting. It is like so awkward. It's so uncomfortable for everyone else because there's bantering and then there's bickering, you know? Listen,
0: couples who bicker constantly are literally like a prelude to an episode of Snapped. That's
1: what I'm saying. I know like the woman makes like very pointed jokes like, well, if you just picked up your towels, I wouldn't have to freaking do it for you.
0: (laughs) If you would just pick up your towels, I wouldn't have to smother you with them while you're sleeping. (laughs) You made me poison you. Totally. And this
1: is where our movie leaves us. We are left confused. I don't know who would have been better for her. But um, here we
0: are. Neither of them
1: (laughs) It just It almost seems like Women don't know That they have more options Than just what's in front of them You know Like baby There are other Irish men Like there are other American men Like you don't have to Just choose what's in front of you
0: If you're gonna pick up Your whole life And leave a country Like Don't (laughs) limit your options (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, is brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.